Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Hallelujah. Well, um, got some things I want to share with you this morning and uh, uh, some, some good things, I hope. Uh, I think they are. But I want to just say welcome to all of you who are with us for the very first time. And for those of you who are here on a regular basis and so, for those of you who come every once in a while, hope that covers everybody. We're really glad to have you, honored to have you. Um, today. And I want to call on my friend Lynn Brown uh, to come up here for just a moment. Um, he wants to share some, something with you, something marvelous that happened in his family. And I uh, told him, I said, I want you to share this with our church. So uh, can you welcome Lynn today? You guys, y'all know who Ed Harris is? Yeah. A little bit? Yeah. Okay. You saw yeah, you're good. Um, how long is your sermon today? <laughs> oh, you got notes. Okay. One of us is going to have short news. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, um, I do have some notes. In the last year, I have released my heart to the Lord. And in so doing... I've seen a lot of things, and he's revealed a lot of things to me that's been going on. And it's how amazing he is that the word today came from Acts, because my testimony today comes from Acts 16, 30, and 31. The Roman soldier asked Paul how to be saved. Paul replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved you and your household. This is where my testimony begins. A year ago, my son was diagnosed with bladder cancer in May. Went in, had surgery, goes through all the therapy, the surgery's a success, comes out, the doctors give him a clean bill of health. Then again, one year later in May, he calls me and says, it has returned. I told him, I said, son, you don't have to accept that. He goes, I know. The surgery's scheduled for Wednesday. He missed completely what I said. He didn't understand. And that was okay. I called pastors and asked them to join with me in prayer and we all praying on our own and everything and and just for God's will the surgery came it took one third the amount of time that they had allotted the doctor said that the tumor was tremendously smaller than what awesome. they had anticipated awesome We immediately thanked God, thinking, that's the miracle. God wasn't through. A week later, we get the report from the doctors. The tumor was scar tissue. Simply scar tissue. (laughs) I knew that wasn't true. I knew it was cancer. But when they got it, it was scar tissue. Awesome. He explained to me that 
His first surgery, the cancer was by the tube from the kidney going into the bladder. And that's where they did all the, the work. This new was completely across the bladder, over on the side where nothing had ever been done. How do we have scar tissue where there's never any damage? Mm. Awesome. I believe it was God's work. And through this, it, it, God showed me that he didn't believe what I said when you don't have to accept it. But through God, work through me. He's covering my household. I have two, two households. Roxanne came this week and talked about testimony and how it flows through your life. Mm -hmm. But she also talked about how it flows through the church. I have my family household and I have my church household. And I felt like this testimony is for both. Yeah. For us all to flow in God's will. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I, I realized that it's not a matter of if you believe. Because if you believe, you're consciously saying, God, I believe. I know you died for me. All Abraham's blessings are for me. That's using your conscience. But it's when you believe that God really works in your life. Yeah. And in the last year, by me loosening the strings on my heart to God, Amen. He's working in my life. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, man. Thank you. I love you. You and all your house. You and all your house. Thank you, Lynn. What a, what a great, great testimony. Praise God. God's healing power and his care and concern about our households. Amen. Uh, that, that's just tremendous. And that's tremendous to see what God has, is, and will do in your life, Lynn. It's extraordinary what God is doing in both of your lives. I'm blessed, blessed that you're here. Hallelujah. Wow, awesome. So now I want to give you some things. I was thinking about what I would talk about today. I usually don't like to preach Father's Day or Mother's Day messages, not because I don't love fathers and mothers, but usually it, it, it only touches you know, a certain amount of people in the room. Uh, so, but I did, I've been meditating on my life and my dad and my life, and I've just got a tremendous, tremendous father. And I'm, I am more and more grateful and aware of just his impact in my life. And as I spent some time meditating on the things I learned from John T. Holler, there's some sayings and things that he said to me in growing up and even today that have really stuck with me. And so I thought I would give you some of the wisdom that my father gave me that you could help, you could receive today and, you know, glean from and apply these things to your own life because they've really helped shape me to be the man that I am today. Uh, and as a, you know, as a father, as a husband, as a pastor, and just as a man, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful to God. So I want to pass some of these bits of wisdom on to you today. Is that all right if we do that? Yeah. I, think it'll, I think it'll bless you, but we have to take this moment first to introduce the latest and newest member of One Cause Church. 
Miss Kinsley Grace Lemons is here in the room today. And she is, she's just about as perfect as they come. And a, Valerie said, you know, Val thought she said a miracle took place because when you see something that looks this beautiful with this as her dad, certainly God worked a miracle. So Chase and Crystal, we're really proud of you and excited for you. Congratulations. Congratulations. We love you very much. Uh, amen. Oh, by the way, right quick on the baptism thing, we won't baptize you like that, all right? We're putting you all the way under the water, all right? <laughs> Amen. So you can sign up in the foyer for that. Uh, I love our media team. They do a great job. So, all right, stop rambling, Eric. Let's move forward. Today, I want you to go to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start there. I'm going to go through several scriptures that kind of sum up the quotes that, I, that I'm going to give you from, from my father. I'm grateful, grateful to God today to, <clears throat> to be the son of John Holler. The first thing that, and I've talked to you guys about this before, but, um, and I think it'll hit you on different levels here, maybe for the young people uh, where you are right now, because that's when he spoke to me, but also as adults and what we can glean from this one thing that I heard my dad say over and over again. And it really started when me and my brother became teenagers. We're just a year apart. And so, you know, on Friday and Saturday night, we were going to go do something, uh, usually, hopefully, that involved girls. You know, we wanted to uh, be around girls regularly. And my dad knew that, and he knew how teenage boys thought and what they're capable of doing. And so just as we're all sprayed over with our cologne and all that and cleaned up and ready to go out, just as we're heading for the door, my dad would say, without fail, boys, and then we knew what was coming. Remember who you are. Yes, sir. I wanted to forget, but now I have to remember. Without fail, boys, remember who you are. And that has resonated throughout my life. And it's kept me coming back to that truth of who I am so that even when I wanted to and did at times stray, I never could go really all that far because my dad had made me secure in who I was and always helping me identify with who I really was, keeping me reminded of that truth so that it was in my heart, it was in my mind, it was in my memory. And so it really helped be a safeguard in my life from doing the ultimate stupid things. I did a lot of stupid things, but you know, that next level, I, it helped keep me from that. And I just, I'm just grateful to God for it. In Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to look at verse uh, 11. Therefore, remember that you want, say, say remember. So Paul is teaching us there's, there's something for us to take a hold of for just a moment. That is, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in flesh by hands, in other words, you're looked down upon, uh, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Wow. So this, Paul is saying this was your reality. You need to remember something for just a moment. I want you to remember where you came from. Remember that God had nothing to do with you and you had nothing to do with him. You were without God in the world. And at one place, Paul says that you are under the influence, under the power, the sway of the prince of the air, right? You were in the flow of the world. You were helpless to do anything about it. You were without 
covenant. And it, this covenant that God had made, beginning with Abram, was one that would, was of great blessing. And, and even healing for your body. And Jesus said, even when he came, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And he said that healing was for the children. Healing was the children's bread. And those being the natural born children of Abraham. But praise God, God opened all of that up to us. But there was a time when we were completely alienated from God and the life that God came to give us. He was exclusively uh, set on, had his, the, the object of his affection. The apple of his eye was his people, Israel. But that's not the end of the story. Verse 13 says, but now. Come on, shout, but now. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. That's, and that's who you are. Paul is saying, remember who you were so that today you'll know who you are. All of your identity of everything about who you are is in Christ Jesus. You're no longer who you once were. Now you're hidden in him. As a matter of fact, you're so hidden in him that you're just like him. You're just like him. When God sees you, he sees Jesus. When he sees Jesus, he sees you. He sees, he sees a son of God. Just like he sees Jesus as his own son, so he sees you as his sons. Even the girls are sons. Right? Hey, if I got to be a bride of Christ, you can be a son of God, right? We'll work, it. We'll work all that out. But, but now, in Christ, remember who you are. Remember this. So that, that is the thing that will govern your life. I remember my dad would say, boys, remember who you are because you carry the name Holler. You carry the name Holler. And what that means, boys, is you carry my name. So that when you go out there, I go out there with you. Well, why'd you have to put it that way, Dad? <laughs> so that we realize just exactly who we are and what we're here for to fill, fulfill a greater purpose. Remember who you are. You carry that name that is above every name, that name of Jesus. Represent him well in the earth. And the way you do that is by remembering who you are. Yeah. Amen. Can I get a good amen? amen? Scripture says it simply like this in 1 John. As he is... So are you in this world. That's how much like Jesus you are. The next thing that I learned from my dad, he said continually, and I heard him say this to, to leaders, especially pastors, been lots of meetings where dad's just through the years has pastored pastors. It's one of the gifts on him. That's the apostle gift. And I heard him say this over and over again. I still do. These simple words, stay in love with Jesus. Stay in love with Jesus. And then... There's a way to stay in love with Jesus. You know that? It's not just about saying, I love you, Jesus. That's part of it. But there's a way to show that love. There's a way to show it. Uh, David said in Psalm chapter 119, he said, uh, verse 97, he said, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation. It is my meditation all the day. Well, the law for us means the word of God today. All right? This, this scripture that has come to us. Oh, I love you. It is my meditation all the day. And down in 165, look what the love of the word does. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. Wow, that's amazing. I keep you from stumbling, keep you from offense. One version says nothing will uh, cause, what is it? Nothing will offend them. That's what it is. King James Version, I believe, says nothing shall offend them. All right? That'll keep your life free of offense by loving the word. But then Jesus said this in John 14. This is interesting. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. All right, love of the word 
Love, love of Jesus is predicated upon love of the Word. Yeah. All right? Stay in love with Jesus by staying in love with His Word. Yeah. Keeping His Word. Confessing His Word. Reading His Word. Hearing His Word. Becoming all about His Word because really it's Him. In the Word, in the yeah. beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So I want to encourage you today to make a non-negotiable daily time in the Word. All right, non-negotiable. Today I'm going to be in the Word. And if you have to have a set time of the day, do that, whatever it takes, but just don't miss a day without peeking into that Word, without hearing that Word, without speaking His Word, because this is how you show your love for Jesus. This is how you stay in love with Jesus. My dad has a, a rule for himself, and he's done this for years and years and years. He reads five chapters of the Scripture every day of his life. Five chapters. That's his number. Five chapters. Now, that does not include his study time for teaching and for preaching, but that's just something he does. He's, he's just become a disciple of five chapters a day, and, and it, is, it shows in his life. It, it's demonstrated in his life, and, and it's a great example for me. I've, I, I caught him in the act of reading his Bible. <laughs> I'm grateful that I had a dad that I didn't catch him in the act of other things. I caught him all the time with his nose in that book, all the time. And that always inspired me and encouraged me. He never, he never commanded us as kids that we needed to do that. He just led it by example, showed us by example. And that made me want to know God like my dad knows him. Another thing that you've probably heard him say and. I know it's, it's challenged me continually, and that is pray in tongues more than you think you need to. Pray in tongues more than you think you need to. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18, the Apostle Paul boldly states, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than you all. Wow. Which means he had to do it all the time to be able to confidently say that. He had to just do it all the time. And the life of Paul... The, the things that he was able to endure, willingly endure, I mean, the horrible beatings and the shipwrecks and the persecution and the, all the trouble that came into his life. I mean, this guy showed up in town and riots started wherever he went, yeah. right? But somehow he was able to stay even killed through all of that and keep this peace around him. You know, the scripture says when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we build ourselves up on our most holy faith and we keep ourselves in the love of God. Something powerful about that. Plus all the revelation that he had. That has to be part of the deal. Praying in the Holy Spirit, because the scripture teaches us even in that same chapter, Paul says, Who, when you pray in tongues, you speak mysteries. And then he taught us about what one of those mysteries was. This mystery that was hidden from the ages, but now has been revealed. As a matter of fact, it's been revealed through me. And that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, more specifically, Christ in you, Gentiles. Yeah. Amen. Who are outside, remember as we read earlier, you were outside, but now Christ is living in you. It's not, it's not that he's just accepted you and said, okay, all right, you can, you can join, you can be part of what I'm doing. No, he has so redeemed you and saved you and brought you in the family that he comes to dwell inside of you. So that way, wherever you go, Christ goes. What a marvelous thought. But that, that kind of revelation came, I believe, part in part because Paul was one who continually prayed in the Spirit. Just stay praying in the Spirit. This is how you wage good warfare, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's one of the things that Ephesians chapter 6 talks about when it comes to the armor of God. Besides the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, also praying in the Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Because like I said, we don't know what we're saying uh, because to our mind it sounds like hogwash, 
right? This sounds like baby talk, but there's something released in the spirit realm. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. And uh, so pray in tongues more than you think you should. I would say pray in tongues than, more often than you do even in your own language. I mean it. More often than you do even in your own language. Because Paul said, we don't even know how to pray as we ought. So, yeah, if we're just stuck with our own prayer, eh, we're pretty limited. Amen, but the prayer of the Spirit. All right. Uh, (laughs) This next one. The night before I got married, my dad took me out on the front porch of their house. They they used to have this really cool wraparound porch out there in West Texas with a swing. We used to sit out there and swing and... uh, where me and Heather got to know each other. So this is the night before I'm getting married, right? So dad takes, I want to talk to you, son. He puts his arm around me, you know, and I'm like, oh no, are we going to have that talk? I don't think I'm ready for this, ever. So he says, uh, I'll just tell you something. Uh, women are crazy. And you'll, you'll have to learn to adapt. Now, let me explain what I mean by that, because he went on to explain it this way. That's why I don't want anybody tweeting that right there and go, look what Dr. Holler said. Uh, women are crazy. Uh, okay, now let me explain. And please don't tweet that um, unless you're willing to explain it in more than 140 characters or whatever you got. He said this. He said, and when you're communicating with your wife, she's going to communicate with you in ways that seem extremely irrational, illogical, and unreasonable. And the reason is, is because her thoughts are intertwined with her feelings. And so she's going to be explosive at times, and there's going to be tears, what she's trying to say to you. And if you're trying to think on a logic, in a logical way, you, you, it's not going to work. Because all you're going to think is, this woman's crazy. This, this woman is crazy. He said, and the truth is, you're not, she's not necessarily, when she's expressing herself, she's not looking for solutions from you. She's really looking for you to listen and to value what she's saying and to hear her with understanding. There is a verse of scripture that I think is maybe the tallest order in the entire Bible. The biggest challenge, I think, that's in the entire Bible. And it's found in 1 Peter. Wait, let me, I think it's 1 Peter. Uh, yes, 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding. <laughs> Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. But those words with understanding, right? Those words with understanding. Now, if the scripture is te- teaching us, the Lord's teaching us to dwell with them with understanding, then there really is a way to understand. But gentlemen, let me tell you something right now. It's going to begin, understanding will come to you when you start listening if you'll really just take the time to hear them. Because, you know, I kind of see it like, uh, like a, I'm at a fire station. I'm a firefighter, and the alarm goes off as soon as, <clears throat> you know, she goes off. And then, and then i got to get there to the scene of the fire and extinguish this thing as quickly as possible, right? So you start, putting, you start thinking of solutions and rational things and logical things. Hey, all we've got to do is just do this, do this, and, and, and that just makes the fire hotter. That's not what she's looking for. Am I right, ladies? Okay, I didn't have any amens from you. I feel like I'm, don't leave me up here by myself. I'm trying to help you. (laughs) She needs to be heard and appreciated and cherished what the things, because communication from her is so important. It's not so important to us. 
as it is to her. You're welcome. So women are crazy, and you'll have to learn to adapt. Amen. <laughs> I mean that in the most honoring way, ladies. Um, how about this one? This is another thing my dad taught me and taught us this when we were just small children. You can do anything that you want in life, and whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. I'm grateful to have the, the dad I, I have and had when I was a kid that did not try to pressure me or my brother or sister into ministry. Not for one day did he ever try to do that. Never tried to make preachers out of us. Never. We just wanted to become that because we watched him. And we just fell in love with what he was in love with. But he never, he never told us we needed to do that. He just said, hey, whatever you do, remember that your life belongs to the Lord. He's the one who's given you the gift of life. He's the one that's given you the desires of your heart. So always honor him with your life. Whether that, that means you're mopping floors for a company or whether you're a doctor or a lawyer, it doesn't matter. Do it for him, for his glory. Remember who, who gave you that life. Remember who you really belong to and go for it with all of your might. The scripture says whatever you do, do it with your whole heart as unto the Lord, not unto me, and knowing that your reward's coming from him. Right? Your reward's coming from him. So I, that always liberated me. And all three of us found ourselves in full-time ministry on our own, not because our dad told us we needed to do that, but, but by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, I, I, and that way I can stand up here and say today, I'm doing what I'm doing because it's my dad's fault. But I, I can't say that. I chose this. And he said, God, God chose this for me, and I chose him back. But... Uh, I'm, I'm just grateful for that. And I want to just encourage you. You can do whatever you want in life. You really can. That's, that's the great freedom you have. God wants you to enjoy. He's given you richly all things to enjoy, the scripture says. He gives, you, he, he gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Right? So be free in that. Just remember him in it. Amen. How about this one? This is something that has really shaped my life, especially as a leader and as a pastor. Leaders are floors, not ceilings. I can remember growing up and, and in the church, and you know, you hear a lot of church lingo, and one of the lingos that is probably still popular today is, who's your covering? Like when people were out in ministry, who's your covering? Who's your covering? Who's my covering? Who's your covering? Well, what they mean is, who are you in submission to? Who's your authority? Who is it that, that speaking into your life? Who are you accountable to? But to say who's your covering is, is a really bad, bad way to say it. Let me t explain why. Because the scripture teaches us, can you bring up, is it, where is it? Colossians, yeah, Colossians uh, 3.23. No, 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 it's uh, the foundation one. I don't remember where I am. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with saints. There we go. And members of the household of God. Watch this. Verse 20. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. You see that? Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. These guys are the floor. They're not covering. They're underneath pushing up. All right. Watch. Continues. In whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22. 
in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So what was begun there with the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone and all those who've come along have been building up off of that foundation and you and I are the next part in the wall. And so we're standing on somebody else's shoulders. We're standing on somebody who led us and who brought us to where we are. And guess what? Now we're pushing somebody else up higher. Yeah. All right? Leaders free people. They don't limit them. I've worked for guys that have been micromanagers over me and, and were a ceiling to me, and it was maddening. Right? That's not our place to hover over people and let them know, I'm the leader. Right? But we're floors, and we push them up. Hmm? Inspire. Push up. I'm grateful to, to have been pushed into the things I've been pushed into. My dad did a lot of pushing on me. I hated it back then, but now I see why. What he was doing made me play an instrument. This was his rule. Play an instrument or die. I don't know how many times I heard him say that. Well, okay. I, if you put it that way. So all of us kids had to learn an instrument. you know. And my dad would have his friends say, you know I wish my kids play guitar. How did you get them to do that? You really want to know? I threatened them. I thought, you play or you die. That's what I tell them. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, see, I, I knew. But they're all playing. So I, it worked. I learned to love it, though. I learned to love it and appreciate it. My dad's one that pushed me into leading worship. I've told you that story. Got a call one Saturday night. I need you to lead worship. Our, our, our worship leader had a moral failure. See you tomorrow. I'm like, What? And it was, it was just like that. It just pushed me into it. Be sitting in church. Be sitting in church. Right? Worship just ended. Dad be up there. He's like, Eric's coming to receive offering. No warning. Just, I want, and, and, and I'm not just saying receive. I mean, he wants me to have a little sermonette, right? He wants me to, I don't have anything. Well, I learned to have something ready all the time. Right? But I didn't understand. I thought there for a while he was just picking on me. What he was doing was leading me, pushing me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So that's inspiring, isn't it? Leaders don't hover over people. They push them up. Okay, the next thing. I got a few more things. Is that all right? Is this helping you today? All right. If it's not, lie to me anyway. This is another thing that has tremendously helped my life and, and Heather's lives as well. And that is, let your heart be a revolving door. Let your heart be a Let me explain that. When it comes to people coming in and out of your lives, let your heart be a revolving door because one of the worst things that you can do for yourself and for them is to slam a door shut whenever people come into your life and cling to them so hard. Because... Some are coming and staying, some are coming and they're leaving. All right? And if you hold on and if you cling to, when they leave, they rip and tear and injure. All right? So you got a choice. Either you're going to lock them in and throw away the key or let your heart be a revolving door. And as they come into your life, you love them, you be a friend to them. But when they leave, let them go. Because here's the thing, you have your, your own self, your own wholeness to think about, as well as the other people that are, that are in your life. Because if you're injured, guess what? You're going to injure other people. And you're not going to understand why you're injuring other people, but it's because you're hurt. All right? 
And that has helped me in my personal life and it's helped me in our ministry as well. I mean, if I were only to think about and, and dwell upon and cry over everybody that's left, what would that do for all of you who come on a regular basis? How fair is that to you? Huh? I'm not looking at empty seats. I'm looking at you. I'm not looking at who's not here, although I do care. Understand, please understand what I'm saying. But you're here. I love you. I want to give you everything that I've got. And I'm glad you're here. So keep your heart a revolving door. The scripture says in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it springs the issues of life. All right? Guard that heart. Keep your heart. It didn't say keep people. It says keep your heart. Okay? Amen. Amen. Anybody found that to be true? In your life? Right? It's easier to just... Because you can't make people's choices for them. The only person that you can do that for is you. Which leads me to this next thought. My dad also taught me when it comes to relationships, if the bridge is on fire, if it's burning in your relationship, you throw water as far as you can on that fire. And that's all you can do. That's all you can do. Do your best to, to live at peace. That's what the scripture says. Romans 12 says, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. All right? But the truth is you're not going to live peaceably with all men. There, there are too many things that divide and too many things that happen, but you do what you can do, right? Yeah. Just do what you can, but you're, because you can't make their choice for them ultimately. We all have the power of choice. Yeah. But whatever you can do, and if you've wronged them, don't make excuses for wrong, your wrongdoing. Apologize. Make it right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And if that burns the bridge down, okay, well, you know, it's a, life, it's a lesson learned. But you do what you can to make for peace. To, to make a peaceful relationship. And at the end of the day, the only one you can change is you. Yeah. Another thing that my dad taught me, and I want uh, this, I, it helped me as a young person, maybe this will help you young people over here. That is, uh, he told me, I, my first day at Christ for the Nations, I, they dropped me off on campus there. And uh, I was, it was my 18th birthday. And one of the last things that my dad said to me, he said, son, Hang out with Peter and Paul. I said, what? He said, go find the guys that are doing something for God. Get with those guys. Here there are guys that, that, that have a heart like Peter and Paul. Get with them because they'll bring you up. Don't get distracted by numbskulls. Well, I did for a while. But over time, I learned the value of friendship and that your quality of life is indicative, predicated upon your relationships with others. Your friends make or break you. They really do. The scripture says, don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Well, if evil company corrupts good habits, what does good company do? Huh? It develops, strengthens, enhances your good habits. So uh, pick your friends, choose them wisely. I got a couple more. Another thing he said to me, and uh, I found this to be so valuable, is to give without remembering, and receive without forgetting. Amen. Give without remembering and receive without forgetting. This truth here will really help you have a good, happy life, right? And not have a, an unrealistic expectation of people. And that comes, what I mean by when you give without remembering, then you will never manipulate people with your gifts, That's Right? right? But if you're counting, yeah. right, if you're accounting, you're giving, 
And then when they do something that's contrary to you, if you're not careful, you'll throw that right back at their face. Really, after all I've done for you? After what I've given you, this is what, this is what I get? Well, that no longer is a gift that's free. That came with a price. And it had these strings attached to it. And now you're manipulating them by your gifts. But if you give without remembering, come on. That frees you and everybody else. And receive without forgetting means that you'll always live your life grateful. Never hurts to simply say thank you. You're welcome. Never hurts to say thank you. Cherish the gifts that come to you, that are given to you. Um, well, I don't have time to get into that story. I'm going I'm to move on. Well, Jesus said it like this. When you do a charitable deed, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Yeah. What the heck is he talking about? <laughs> Almost see like the left hand like hiding. What are you doing over there? Mm, nothing, nothing, nothing. Just, hey, hey, where? I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> conjures up funny pictures. Uh, and what do you mean? These, are, these two things are in close proximity. What he's saying is, is when you do a charitable deed, don't be thinking about it. Don't be dwelling on it. Just move on. All right? Don't go bragging about to everybody else. Because here's the thing. If you, want, if you want a reward from men, yeah, you'll go tell them. I gave this. And I did this for this guy. Or how about your heavenly father? This, he said, do it in secret. Let your heavenly father reward you. It's going to be way better than some guy going, good job. All right? I have a feeling God's reward is a lot better than that. Yeah. Amen. Yep. And lastly, and lastly, my dad still says this to this day, and this is what your heavenly father says to you today. Everything that I have is yours. Everything that I have is yours. And see, I, I was telling the earlier service, someday I'm going to really take advantage of that. But, <laughs> but him saying that, I don't really want to because I know anytime it's mine. And I'm a, little bit, I'm a little bit hesitant to compliment anything. Like if he has a tie on, you know, that I like. Oh, that's a nice tie. Here, you can have it. No, everything I have is yours. I just want to say nice tie, Dad. Just say thank you. Just leave it right there. But that's just how he is. And so, uh, and, that, and that's, that's really your, your heavenly father's heart. Because Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son did not spare Jesus but delivered him up for all of us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? In other words, your Heavenly Father is saying, everything I have is yours. What an open invitation that is, huh? So how are we going to get this stuff? How are we going to get what he has for us? By simply asking. That's what the book of James says. You have not because you ask not. Jesus said, if you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. Hey, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? To those who ask. To those who ask. Right? In other words, what he's saying is if you'll ask, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Everything he has is yours. Amen. He's not going to hold anything. But if he gave you Jesus, he'll give you everything. So let me just go in reverse here. Those things that we've covered. Everything I have is yours. Everything God has. Everything your heavenly father has is yours. Give without remembering and receive without forgetting. Hang out with Peter and Paul. Pick your friends wisely. If the bridge is burning in your relationship, 
Throw water as far as you can on the fire. Keep your heart a revolving door when it comes to your relationships. Good leaders are floors, not ceilings. They don't limit you. They take the limits off. You can do anything you want in life, and whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Women are crazy, and you'll have to learn to adapt. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Pray in tongues more than you think you should. Stay in love with Jesus, and remember who you are. Father, thank you. Thank you for this time with my family today and all of these loved ones here. I pray, God, as the Apostle Paul prayed for the churches, that grace and peace would be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe, Father, I pray that these these nuggets of wisdom that have come into my life, Lord, will also encourage and inspire and strengthen and challenge these who are here today and those who are listening by podcast. I just thank you, Lord. Thank you for the wisdom of a father. Thank you for my my dad, Lord. We thank you for all the dads that are here today, that they would walk in great wisdom, Lord, and that they would have an extra dose of it, Lord, as they're raising their children, Lord, and that they would have an understanding and they would have knowledge, they would have insight, knowing that it is you, Father in heaven, who they are reflecting to their children. Lord, help us to grasp and to remember and to live our lives in such a way that we understand that our children, Lord, see us. And, and, and see, the way they see us is the way they see you and how they develop in their relationship with their Heavenly Father as life goes on. Pray, God, that we, Lord, be faithful to represent you. We would be true men of courage and integrity, Lord, and love and grace. Thank you, Father that your word is life to those who find it and is health to all of, the, all of our flesh. And I pray, God, today that this would be the experience of your people, Lord, life and health to all of their flesh. Thank you, Father. Bless your people now. Strengthen them. Thank you for healing those who are here today who need healing. Thank you for restoring and binding up broken hearts today. Thank you, Lord, for renewing and strengthening hope in lives. Thank you for blessing marriages, Lord. And whatever trouble they, there may be in right now, Father, I pray for your help right now. You are a very present help in time of need. In the name of Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Every good thing in our life comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. So we can be confident you are good and you always will be good. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.